episode 557 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you were at Magic Con Vegas or you were wishing you were at Magic Con Vegas, we are here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And we are going to catch you up on all of the action from Magic Con Vegas on this yeah. episode because our butts are hot off a plane. Yes. <laughs> really? Well, I should say cold off a plane. It's pretty it's cold on plane. It's usually pretty chilly on planes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? There was a while where I was, when I was flying and I would realize my feet getting so cold. Oh, it's happened to me before for a little ice feet. Yes. I had ice feet every time (laughs) and I haven't recently had ice feet on a plane. So that's been a substantial improvement. I started wearing compression socks on a plane because I was getting little puff feet. How do they make you feel? (laughs) Very old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I meant how did they make your body and your feet feel, but... I think that we got to the mostly, heart yeah, of it. Mostly very old, but also they do work. They yeah. do, as advertised, <laughs> my feet don't puff them up. They they compress. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, uh, we came back in last night, um, yeah. and we're here with you this morning, recording hot off the presses Woo. about what happened at Magic Con. Um, it was a great con, and there was also the World Championship that yeah. we were working at. Yeah. So we're going to let you know what happened in the world championship, too. I still have a sinus infection oh, from traveling. Gross. Or I'd, just being there. I don't know which <laughs> one gave it to me. Was it the was it the substandard experience of being on a plane uh-huh. or the substandard experience of the city of Las Vegas? <laughs> I mean, could be anything. Yeah. Could be anything. Although we had a, we had a true Las Vegas experience this time. We went to, to yes. Meow Wolf. It was very fun. Omega Mart, which yeah. was great. Yeah. Highly Delightful. recommend it on our list of Marie and Megan recommend this experience in yes. Vegas. You know, there's not it's a me- short list. It's a short list. <laughs> but that is on it. That's it was certainly great. On it. It, was it made very me fun. want to go to all the Meow Wolves. Yeah, absolutely. And it also makes me think that you should work at a Meow Wolf. You know, because I mean, it's already yeah, in your name. It's already in my name. And I don't know. It's just, oh, gosh, wouldn't it be so fun to work on one of those things? Yeah. You can design like the craziest, most wonderful, in yeah, like immersive environments and any kind of weird story you want. Yeah. I think that'd be be awesome. We know someone who's worked on a Meow Wolf. Yes, we do. Which is pretty cool. Um, We also met a lot of people who came up and said hi to us. So thank you. If you said hi, gave us a high five, asked for a photo. Especially if you're one of the many people that I tried to say hi to while running. (laughs) (laughs) Basically between things I was supposed to be doing. I'm very sorry. That's the true Thank you for saying hi. Uh, sorry that I had to run somewhere. Uh, I said hi to our oldest fan, by oh, wow. the way. Yes, Rick was there. Like our longest time fan. Yes, not oldest. Wow. <laughs> that I don't know. That's a roast just for you, Rick. <laughs> I don't know who is our oldest fan. Wow, if you think it might be you, let us please know. let us know. I want to know who I our very oldest much want to know who the oldest fan, fan is. Because I'm pretty Self-identified. sure. Self-identified. <laughs> You can't nominate someone else. No, you have to nominate yourself. You have to be the old nominating the yeah. old. I was going to say, so I, I ran past people multiple times because I, on multiple occasions, had the experience where I was looking for, like, the top eight or the top 32 of, like, Secret Lair and the 100K Limited oh, Open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would go all the way. I would have to go. We were at the back of the second floor. There's two floors to this, two everybody. Floors. I would have to walk all the way through the second floor, downstairs, <laughs> and then tournaments was at the back of the first floor, so I'd walk all the way through you got your steps to the in. back of the first floor and then i'd be like can you tell me where they're holding this and they'd look at their computer and they'd be like oh that's upstairs that's back where you so i go right back upstairs <laughs> happened to me twice 
Anyways, uh, it was it was fantastic. There was yeah. so much cool stuff. We'll get into it more in a little bit. Um, but before we kick off the show, we've got to kick off some heartfelt thanks. Yes, thank you so much to the people who support this show and make it happen by being patrons over at Patreon.com/slash GLHF Magic. I love everyone who came up and told us that they were patrons. Yes, please throw it in our face. We want yes, to know. <laughs> we want to know. So thank throw you. Throw it in our face. <laughs> I'm a patron. Take I'm that. Really, I'm really cool. <laughs> The answer is yes, you are. And thank you for being a patron. We love to hear it every single time. We love to welcome our new friends. Uh, You get access to our great Good Luck High Five Discord if you're a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't buy anything for that literally in 2023. (laughs) Nothing is that cheap except our show. (laughs) And then Arizona iced tea. Is it still a dollar? I think I so. Wow. I know. So Inflation proof. Go and get an Arizona iced tea and listen. (laughs) to this podcast we have a new patron yay thank you so much to alex alex oh i just hit my microphone i'm so excited let's give you a round of applause (laughs) oh i already was wow wow. (laughs) alex thank you so much for being a new partner for family if you want a shout out just like alex head on over to patreon.com slash glhf magic Uh, we also want to say thank you to Card Kingdom. Yes, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF, the place to go. You can uh, pre-order um, Doctor Who there now, Ooh, by the way. Oh, you can pre-order Doctor Who. <laughs> you can Who. get it. Um, it's the, it's uh, four different commander decks, pre-con mm-hmm. commander decks, which is really fun because they do the hard work for you. <laughs> and then you can customize to your heart's content. And if you're a Doctor Who fan like we are, uh, you might find something that you truly love in any yeah. of these four commander decks. Um, there was a TARDIS at the MagicCon. Oh, yeah. And I went down and I took a picture in front of it and I got a free TARDIS card. Uh-huh. It was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, don't touch the doors <laughs> wow and i was like oh, i really want to touch those doors really now that you told me doors, not to though. do it <laughs> really want to touch the doors but it was so it was so cool and somebody there was uh, uh cosplaying as jody's doctor which was very neat oh that's yeah. great um so if you are interested in that you can pre-order them right now carkingdom.com slash glhf Maria, it is time for the randomizer. Let's go to scribefall.com, hit the random card button, try and guess what the card does just by the art alone. All right. Here you go. <laughs> How do we always find such weird ones? There's some what really weird this? magic art out there. Okay, I'm going to describe this for you. I don't know if I can, honestly. I said I was going to, but now I'm second guessing myself. There's a giant wall. It looks like the Great Wall of China or some such with like glyphs along the top of it. And... <laughs> And in this wall <laughs> is like the image of like some kind of weird tree beast that's, but it's like a gray white tree beast that's trying to get out of the wall. Is it a portal? Is the wall a por- portal? I'm not sure. There's a tree beast situation. And in the foreground, there is somebody who is, you know, dressed like your average mage, um, a short blonde hair with a magnifying glass and a comb that's been that's like falling out of their hand i would guess that they're like they're like archaeology oh (laughs) i was like why are they brushing their hair archaeology brush okay so they archaeology this wall and they found that inside was monster is that a that is i think how i would summarize the scene that you're looking at. i would have not i don't know if i would have gone to archaeologist that looks like a toothbrush um (laughs) I guess they do use that. Uh, So there's also a book in the right-hand corner that has some mysterious language written on it that Mm -hmm. they're probably using to find this monster wall. And they're very surprised. They're shocked at what they found. But to be fair, they're going to be in the history It's like a pretty spooky monster. It is scary. It has no nose. It's all mouth, eyes, and then, then, like, it's gone bald except for just around the bottom. So, like, the clown haircut, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) 
They're rocking the clown. We all cut. know what the clown haircut is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Actually, to say I think that. that there's several, but we know which one this one is. How else would you describe that haircut? It is it's only a, mullet. It's a <laughs> only the only the party in the back. Only the party, none of the business. Yeah. Uh, what what on earth is this card? This has got to be something so strange. It's a, it's a white card. Um, it's called a uh, surprising find. <laughs> oh, I like I like that name a lot. <laughs> I, I feel like that's got to be the name of a card. Uh-huh. And uh, what does it do if you're looking for something and you find it in white? Um, maybe you get to. <laughs> maybe this is not a white ability. <laughs> You get to look through your opponent's deck, hand, and graveyard and find any card that is for power or greater and exile it. Wow. All right. That's uh, so it's, it's not. A, a, is it a sorcery? I guess so. It's a sorcery, even though that looks more like a creature, but I don't know what on earth it would be doing. Why is right. it doing that? Wow. You know what? <laughs> don't say I'm close. You're fairly wrong, but also kind of close. Oh, okay. Um, this is Wall of Distortion. All right, so uh, sure. it is two black, black for a one-three creature wall. Black, yeah. Um, it has two black tap. Target player discards a card from hi- their hand. Play this ability only if you uh, only as a sorcery. Activate only as a sorcery. So I'm making them discard. Yeah, target player discards a card. Activate only as the sorcery. And it costs four four to activate that. Uh, three, three. Yeah. Oh. Well, I would never, black would have been maybe amongst the last colors, I guess, that this card was based on that art. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I said, Monster in the Portal is spooky. What is set is this from? Uh, this is from Mercadian Masks. Classic Mercadian Masks. Yes. Wow. I oh, know. It's really a, interesting. It's a very bizarre card, actually. Did you know some people who work at Wizards didn't like walls? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I feel this was like in a Mark Rosewater article recently or something, which is why I'm saying it. Like, I feel like, yes, it was. It was a Tumblr post because he was like, I came to work at Wizards and I didn't like walls. I thought walls was like not okay. We're playing with creatures. We're playing with sorceries and magic. The wall doesn't make any sense. He's not wrong in that context. And so he was really like trying to get away, do away with walls. Yeah. And <laughs> As many open office plans have yeah, done yeah. since ahead of his time. Um, but then he realized, like, wait, there's people who like walls. And just because I don't like walls and I think they're dumb and don't make any sense doesn't mean that I should delete them from the game because other people have Aww. a right to enjoy things, too. That's nice. Yeah. He, what a, yeah. What a great learning moment. Yeah. He was teaching people about, like, hey, not everything has to be for you. Yeah. And his hatred Including of walls. walls. <laughs> Which I just thought was so funny. They're not for me. You know, I never thought about it. Like, I had never thought about it that way. I just was like, that's a wall. But when when he laid out his case, like, what are you doing? He's building a wall. (laughs) Anyway, here's your art. Oh, my goodness. Look at this, this friend. This art is sick. It's very good. It's very good. Um, we are, I'm going to say that I am looking through the glass of an aquarium that yes, is cracking. Yes. And water is starting to come through it. And when this aquarium cracks, I'm going to be in very big trouble because on the other side of it, there is a massive shark who want to bite. Oh yeah. He, he hungry. That's he, a Meg right yes, there. Yes. It the is Meg too. Uh, mouth wide open. <laughs> Um, and but and then behind that shark is like a giant octopus that is also trying to get me and or the shark. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and they kind of have like some cool like pink and green like lights on them. What do you think this, this card, card does? This card looks very cool. Oh my goodness. Um, I guess I'll ask you what it's named first. This card is named Underwater Rager. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I would go to that party. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Underwater Rager. Um, and gosh, I'm having a really hard time like thinking of what I what I think it does. What if I gave you a clue? And I'm just going to tell you... Um, even though hold on, I want to I want to come up with something okay. really weird. All right, on all right. My own. let's go. Um, underwater Rager is one and a blue for an artifact. Uh huh. Um, and it has two and a blue. Tap and sacrifice it to return all non-land permanents to their owner's hands. Wow, great guess. Um, I was going to give you the clue that this is from an unset. Oh, but whatever. It's it's not very un, if you ask me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Astroquarium, two and a blue for an artifact. Wow, I got there with artifacts. How you thought this was an artifact? I have no idea. I would have never guessed that. Something about the aquarium glass. Yeah. Um, when Astroquarium enters a battlefield, you may put an art sticker on it. One tap until end of turn. Target creature. Becomes a blue shark with base power and toughness 4-4. Four, four. If the cracks in Astro Aquarium's art are completely covered, that creature becomes a blue octopus with base power and toughness 8-8 eight, eight instead. Activate That's only right. the sorcery. Now do you remember this, this card? card? Yes. Yeah. It's hard to remember when you just see the art. Yeah. You know, but yeah, this was a very cool very card. Cool. I love I love like covering up the cracks with the stickers in this yeah. art too. Uh innovative. Astro Aquarium. Love it. Cats and kittens, let's go over what happened in Vegas. I know what happens is supposed to stay there, but guess what? Do you know what we're bringing it home. <laughs> you can't legally enforce that. Bringing <laughs> it home. Uh, so the con was great. It was huge. It was two yeah. floors of everything you could imagine. Mm -hmm. There was the 100K limited open, which was the first yeah. time anything like that has ever occurred mm -hmm. and was reminiscent of a Grand Prix, which Megan and I sadly miss, and yeah. I think a lot of people do too, um, down on the first floor that had had um 1500 people participating yeah. in it which is very very cool yeah um and then there was also the secret layer showdown for the fourth copy brainstorm. of brainstorm the only there's only four that exist in the world of yeah. this brainstorm by the way yep um this that was happening upstairs uh the world championship was happening upstairs there's game nights that uh happened mm -hmm. on the second floor um Just which more dj frodo dj frodo was back yeah um yeah the Kathleen, by the way, from Loading Ride One, run won the game nights. <gasps> Good job, Kathleen. She was great playing some kind of cool Rakto stuff in like a nice. leather Rakto dress. It was awesome with the, like a moha faux hawk. Yeah, a plus. Um, yeah. Overall, what was your experience um, like at the con itself? Oh man, it was so cool. Yeah, like I agree. it was it was huge. Like you said, it was so great to see so many people. It was so great to see so much great cosplay. Like it was just a nice time. I feel like one in five people was cosplaying. <laughs> it did feel like one in five people was cosplaying. <laughs> I went over to Artist Alley on the yes, second floor. I love Artist Alley. Uh, one of my favorite places to be. And yeah. I went and bought a ton of merchandise from the Wizards of Barge guy uh -huh. who did like that goblin secret layer. Yeah. Do you know the guy I'm talking about um, was selling like magic uh, merch that mm -hmm. he made specifically for this event. I got a magic tarot deck from him. Amazing. It's very cool. Uh, so I loved doing that. I know you went to the merch store. Oh, yeah. I got the Ariat's Apothecary shirt. Great. Great shirt. And I got the corduroy hat, which I am big on. I love the hat. That's my probably my favorite thing that happened. It was 
Yeah, had. I love it. We saw. I saw Judge Rob. I saw oh, Judge Rob. I didn't see Judge Rob, but I saw many of the Magic Kids people. Yeah, Magic Kids people were there hanging yeah. out. Um, it was just. It just seemed like a really good, fun environment with a ton of people there. Yeah. So, um, thumbs up for me for Same. the MagicCon experience. Even though we were sequestered Even most of the we time, we mostly did not get to ex- big time experience. Yeah, we small time experienced. We it. small time experienced it, but we big time experienced the World Championship. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> And I big time experienced it because I did it. I called the world champion. (laughs) You did. You cold called it last episode. Wow. And like, oh, you know, before the event and everything, we like all of the coverage team put together like their lists of the top eight. Yeah. Um, And in one of the meetings, everyone was like, you know, Rich was like calling out people for their picks. Yeah. And he was like, oh, so Megan, why did you pick Johnny Manuel Debra? And I was like, because if you want to pick a good magic player, that's who you pick. Okay. I'm going to put in a clip of our last episode just to prove to everybody that you did, in fact, pick Johnny Manuel Debra to win the whole thing. I've thought about this and, um, you know what? I'm going to go back to one of our standbys. Who I knew not, it. Who has not had a stellar year <laughs> in terms of being in a top eight, but has had a, enough of a good year to be playing this event. Because, of course, he has. I'm picking Johnny Manuel Dupra. That's my that's my slightly good dark guess. horse entry. It's a good good guess. It's certainly a good guess. Um, J.E.D. knows how to rock a draft. That's you know what? for sure. Exactly. You know what? So that's a, that's a good magic player. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Proof positive that Megan did pick Jean Emmanuel de Pra and you and he won. And you won. The only person who has achieved the same feat has been Marshall Sutcliffe yes. picking William Hughes Jensen to win yes. in what was that, 2016 or something? Yeah, I think so. So seven years between <laughs> between calls. <laughs> Very well done, yeah. everyone. And you know what? I'm just going to say, it up. I had a much bigger field to pick from you than did. Marshall did. You did. There was 105 people. Yeah. Marshall's field was like a 32-player field I think or I whatever. I want to say 32, yeah. So, like, get wrecked, Marshall Sutcliffe. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Jean-Emmanuel Duprat, if you haven't put it together now, <laughs> is it's our the winner. world champion. He's the current world champion now. Congratulations. Uh, we're big JED fans in this house. Yeah. Um, fantastic limited player. <laughs> <In> this house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fantastic limited player. And limited was very important at this mm-hmm. world championship. So, proving his limited chops. And, of course, also going to constructed, brought in the typical JED's fashion, which is now becoming JED fashion, yeah. uh, a deck that was old and people had counted out to win yep. the whole thing. He has done it before. He did it yet again. It was Esper Legends. Yes, Esper Legends. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that deck. That was mm-hmm. from a few tournaments ago. And he was like, a few tournaments ago. What about this tournament? What about this tournament? What if I just multiple times win a game by just landing a shieldred and saying go? Not letting it die. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. What are you going to do about it? Uh, yeah, uh, he's such a nice guy, such a nice human being, um, that we're big fans of him mm-hmm. as well. I took a selfie with him after the tournament cause <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like delightful. it felt like his, it was just only a matter of time before he took down a world yeah. championship in my opinion or a pro tour. So, yeah. um, yeah. So what are you going to do now with your winnings, Megan, of, of calling this correctly? Of, oh, I'm going to brag about it for forever, Maria. <laughs> So I was like, what does Megan get? And I'm like, well, the first thing that I get is never shutting it's up never about shutting it. never shutting up about it. Like, yep. never, ever yep, will I ever stop <laughs> bragging about this. So you all can look forward to that for the rest of your lives. 
Absolutely. You um, know? It was a good tournament. I know yeah. some people in our Discord were like, hey, I prefer a smaller field, so I know more of the people right away. Yeah, um, that's fair. Which I, which I do think is fair. Yeah. But this gave me some more 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 variety than you yes. would see at a small field tournament as which far as decks are concerned. And also, honestly, once you got to the top eight, or honestly, just in the future match, you pretty much always knew those people because it was some familiar names and faces doing really well. Absolutely. So the people who made the top eight, in case you don't know, um, we had a fabulous um, top eight overall with a lot of huge magic yeah. names. Like um, Reed Duke was Reed the first Duke person to lock it up. was the first seed. Yep. Simon Nielsen Simon was the Nielsen. next person. Um, obviously, we had Johnny Manuel de Pra. Uh, Greg Orange was in there. Minneapolis represent. Yep. Um, he like he like skipped onto stage in the announcement, and I was like, "That is the most emotion <laughs> times one thousand that so I've true. ever seen Greg Orange yeah, display." Absolutely, it was very delightful. Um, Willie Adel, Willie Adel, welcome back. I know Willie Adel has been playing Magic for a very long time, like a Forever. staple of Brazil's Magic scene. So really cool to see him uh, in a top eight here. Yes, we also had Kazuna Kasaka, um, who was running Esper Midrange, who had top sixteen. I want to say a couple of pro this year yeah. so everybody is like keep your eye on this kid yeah he had like and also that's also true of lorenzo terlizzi yes who had just been like they were like just so you know he's he cashed like every pro tour that he played this year well uh, he's 19 yeah. so i mean a lot of years left to give uh good to the game of magic here there's a fun story about terlizzi too because we have those two players terlizzi and kasaki were probably the least well known in mm -hmm. our top eight um he was a player, obviously, on the Italian scene, and he came to his LGS. He started playing when he was 12, uh -huh. and he was like, hey, can you run? This is me doing an impression of a 12-year-old Italian. Hey, can you run? Can you run a pro tour qualifier? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, I'm not, not going to try and do <laughs> too late you already did try Maria. Uh, i'm italian it's fine uh so yeah you can can you run a pro two qualify i want to qualify i'm 12 years old and everybody in the store was like ha 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 little kid well well jokes on them jokes on them jokes on them and then there is also anthony lee who is uh, an australian player yes and uh also a member of team handshake yeah so team handshake once again um putting themselves uh two people here into the top eight um, so well done yeah. to them and Simon Nielsen and Anthony Lee. <clears throat> um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a, an excellent top eight. We had yeah. domain ramp. We had Golgari mid range, Esper legends, Esper mid range, bat control, um, from Greg orange. Of course. Even though he called that deck, Greg pile, <laughs> not bat control. <laughs> That's very and funny. It very, was a very Greg pile. Greg pile. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed, like, that deck he used specifically up the beanstalk as a source of card advantage. Weird. Which I loved. Like, you just want to be casting big spells anyway, so it was like, hey, what if I just cast big spells and then also just incidentally Drew a card. draw cards off of them? Would you rather... Kind of great. Here's my question. Okay. Would you press this button? Okay. You get to have Sphinx's Revelation. <laughs> just kidding. But whatever, something like that. Okay. Or you can have up the beanstalk. You get you get great card draw card, or you have up the beanstalk that you can do multiple times. Oh, I, Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> we are all getting ready. Like, what if Greg wins this because the winner gets their face on a card? They get to help design a card. What if he put his face on up the put his face in the beanstalk? <laughs> I was going to say, he's just going to make Sphinx's Rev again. Oh, yeah. But there'll be a little orange in the art somewhere yeah. hidden. But you have to have a creature, so it would be like Sphinx's Rev on a stick. <laughs> 
So Greg, known for playing control decks, known for wearing orange clothing, and yeah. he wore orange Crocs, orange glasses, um, played man control, which incidentally was the highest performing deck of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, he was the only person on it. Yep. So, uh, but he went seven and one in the standard rounds. That's the better than anybody else. Exactly. 87 per... 0.5% win rate. Wow. Incredible. Next up is there was a very cool combo deck there, Maria. Yes. Simic Cauldron. There's somebody playing this in mono blue too. Yeah. But basically using Agatha's Cauldron. Yeah. That's a cauldron. Um, and just like putting counters on all of your creatures. And then I don't even, I don't even know how to explain it. It. You so, just generate infinite mana, and then you get this red dragon boy. Yeah, and then you, you bolt their face, and then it. you just like yeah, use it I mean, to ping. ping their face till they dead. Yeah, you cop you co put stuff in your graveyard. You mill yourself a bunch. You copy stuff in your graveyard. Agatha's Cauldron gives the ability of all the things that are you've exiled from your graveyard or whatever with yeah. that that have counters on them. The abilities of those cards. So so you like put counters on everything, and then you tap them all for mana, and then you it's find this dragon. Complicated, everybody. It is, but it was very cool. Yes. Um, sixty six point seven percent win rate. Wow, really, really good. Yeah, although it performed the worst against Esper Midrange, which was very popular. So yeah, that Esper Midrange is the most played deck of the weekend, and mm -hmm. when you combine that with Esper Legends, um, it was well and away the most played archetype. Yeah, even though a lot of people built those decks pretty differently. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Simic Cauldron. Um, very cool. You know what? So now we're on the three-year rotation of Standard. Uh huh. Um. The one of the things I think that they were interested in in doing with that big rotation is I'm always talking about like oh I want a soldier's deck I want mm -hmm. a vampire's deck which it is included in this yeah. but also combo decks I think is something yeah. that benefits from this oh sick so I agree. we could see more of that I ver very much hope so speaking of soldiers yes there was a copy in the top eight there was piloted uh, by Simon Nielsen I know and before in our last show I said I don't think that this can do anything I also did not think that it was good but members of Team Handshake read registered it they sure did um i like overall we see azorius soldiers had a 56.2 percent win rate okay uh certainly it. better than some other decks yeah i mean this is yeah. okay so this was my misunderstanding of the deck and why i thought it was going to do bad and then it did a little bit better than we thought yeah simon nielsen played in the top eight said he was very happy with the deck choice for the weekend yeah was he oh, said well, i mean i think if you made the, make the world championship top eight you're probably pretty happy <laughs> um it's uh the the point is it's not an aggro deck yeah. That was how I thought it was an aggro deck. It's a soldier's deck. So yeah, that's what I thought. But he's like, no, it is not. It is a combo deck mm -hmm. in that you are putting down a huge threat, like your regal bunicorn. Yeah. And then you're protecting it with um, make disappear. We wanted yeah. to build a deck around make disappear specifically and then play it like we're playing this threat and then nothing shall happen to it. And we yeah. just, we assemble combo pieces, but we're not all about just swinging for the fences. Yeah. We also saw it has a knight errant of Eos, yeah, which is a very cool card, and we see them cast it multiple times with like Zephyr Sentinel is another yeah. way to protect their big threats or to just get m multiple like triggers off of this Knight Errant or multiple casts. It's four and a white for a four four uh, human knight with Convoke. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal up to two creature cards with mana value X or less from among them, where X is the number of creatures that convoked Knight Errant of Eos. Yeah. Put the revealed cards into your hand and shuffle. Great. Like you just Re rebuild to, yeah. your hand. Keep doing it. And also like Regal Bunicorn is only two mana. So it's almost always going to be a hit off of this. Yeah, absolutely. So soldiers for me, and that's my favorite deck of what we saw the weekend. Kind of yeah. keep my eye on. 
Um, so hopefully with the next couple of sets, we get a few more tools for it. And that's anyway, that's my number one. Yeah. We obviously also saw a lot of domain ramp, yep. especially in the top eight. Very popular deck. Uh, 56.5% win rate. This deck we saw um, come to us last Pro Tour mm-hmm. in the hands of, I for, I'm forgetting his David name. David Olson. David Olson and, um, from Canada. And it looked very cool then. Yeah. And here it is doing really well, putting two people into the top eight this mm-hmm. weekend. It's not running the, um, it's not the Cascade-y. I'm no. going to put that in quotes. Somebody's like, it's not Cascade, <laughs> Maria. I'm like, okay, thank you. Uh, the yeah. Cascade, in quotes, um, deck that I was talking about last episode. But it's close. Yep, this is just the one that you are playing. You are playing five colors. Yep. It is domain. You're playing Leyline Binding for one mana. Um, this one now does have up the beanstalk because essentially, <laughs> right? Like you can Beans. just like you can play a one mana Leyline Binding, yeah, but absolutely. it still triggers up the beanstalk, which is pretty great. Thinking about those beans, you know. Thinking about those beans. <laughs> um, it has obviously Atraxa is kind of like the big, uh, the big one. And then it also gets to now add Virtue of Persistence and Lockthwain Scorn, which is very powerful. Domain Ramp had a 56.5% win percentage overall yeah. um, at the tournament, so it did very well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, your favorite deck, Golgari Midrange, had a 50% win rate. Yeah, you know what? I I still really like it. I don't know what to tell you. It seems like I a still, great deck. Yeah, it felt really solid. Um, we saw Anthony Lee make it to the semifinals. Yes. He was on that Golgari mid-range deck. I, you know, I think it's got what it takes. It, it seems very good. Um, somebody had to beat off... I'm not going to say what <laughs> Somebody had to tell Reed not to play this deck. With, <laughs> with the stick <laughs> was threatened Gavin uh-huh. Asif was like you will not uh-huh. play Golgari Ramp I will wrap your fingers with a ruler <laughs> Yeah, yes. I will not allow it yeah. and Reed was like doo, 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 doo. <laughs> but I mean he also made the top yeah, one domain so <laughs> it's fine <laughs> It's fine. But beat by Golgari Ramp, I should add. Yes. But in the mm-hmm. in the top eight. In the top eight. That's what I'm saying, right? Like fifty like fifty percent feels right for the deck because every matchup feels just like it's fifty fifty. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's fair. Fine. That's exactly. Fair. I'm okay with it turns out that right now, in standard, I'm at a place where I feel fine about that. <laughs> So we had a bunch of different decks represented in this 105-person tournament. Yeah. Um, we had, yeah, it, I don't know. It just felt like a good time. There are a lot of draws, yes. which I want to see. There were so many. There were so many. And we're not talking intentional draws. No. We mean we watched a match, the one that got. Oh. Okay. First of all, Willie yeah. Angel's story. This is great. This is a great story. Because on day one, he is in the feature match in the last round because it's him versus Yuta Takahashi. Who's, by the way, playing himself with his cards. Yes. He has very <laughs> masterminds. Um, so, you know, Yuta Takahashi and Willie Adel go to time and they both are at three and three. So they need this win. Yes. To make it to the next day. And if they draw, neither of them. Correct. Wins. And neither of them makes day two. Yeah. And so Yuta Takahashi at the end of turns is like, okay, do you know what? I like you, you know, players always do like the I would have won this game kind of negotiation. Yeah. And Yuta Takashi is like, yep, okay. Like I scoop to you and so that you so you can move on to day two. Yeah. Which is just like so 
graceful. Mas- masterful props. <laughs> yes, to absolutely. You for that. And so then we see, right? And like, usually you're like, okay, you scrape by. Like, why, yeah. we just saw Willie Adel scrape by in today Correct. too. Yeah. And then goes on to top eight the top tournament. Eight? Hey, that's the best. Uh, that's the best outcome. Yes, that you could possibly you made good ask on that for scoop from you. Yes, you really did, right. He was like, "I, you shall not have scooped in vain." <laughs> that's um, great. But we saw him his winning in for the top eight in round fourteen. He won one zero. Yep, one zero because they in fact never finished game two. Yep, accurate. So this is a standard problem. Also a round problem. Our rounds were like 50 minutes. Yes. I think maybe they should have been 60 or 55. But like whatever. You could argue at a smaller tournament like the World Championship, an hour could be acceptable. You can give them a little more time. But um, yeah, so people playing slower, it's the World Championship. All of that aside, I do think that the number of draws was too high. And so that might be a problem that we're starting to see with the standard environment. So you could just kind of see it like at the top of the standings, there is always like the usually you don't really see anyone in the draw. No, like, with draws. there's usually not any at the top of standings. There were multiples. Yes. Yeah. Anthony Lee was our um, leader overnight, um, but he was not. OK, people are coming up after me because I didn't say he was undefeated. <laughs> yeah, but he, well, he had a draw. Okay. Exactly. I got I got like, you, I, you know, I got tisk tisk for saying that um, Yitze was the last undefeated player when he was six and oh. Yeah. And they were like, oh, someone else like other players are undefeated. And I'm like, I will not go down the road <laughs> where we call players with draws undefeated. Do you know what? You were defeated by the clock, my friend. And that's on you. You know, it's like this is what I ended up saying. He is he has the last undefeated but not unblemished record. Yes. That's what I ended up saying. I think but I yeah, just said yes. he let he was the leader over. Well, here's the thing. A a draw sometimes is like just as bad as a loss. Exactly. So like but in this case it was a really weird tournament, so that was not the case. So it was okay. Yeah. But it was <laughs> It was, you know, being technically you know, correct is the best kind of correct. Don't oh you know goodness. that? I was just like, don't you? Even, someone was like, oh, there, there's, the other, there's other undefeated players. And I was like, don't you freaking come after me about this. <laughs> I am not here for this debate. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, so if you want to be called undefeated, you win your matches. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so standard's a little slow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, our takeaway. We'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But it made yeah. me excited about standard. And uh, Huey Jensen came at, on at the news desk with me to talk about standard. Oh, yeah. To talk about kind of like their, their vision. Their plan. And mm-hmm. he was like, hey, we s- said we were going to try and revitalize standard. So what we're going to do is we've made it three years. And now we're bringing back of these LGS events. Yeah. Like store championship. Um, to kind of incentivize people to play at their LGS. You get a lot of rewards. The RCQs, or excuse me, RCs are going to be standard ahead yeah. of these pro tours. And then the fir- the first pro tour of next year, which would be... Um, Chicago, February. The, the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, Outlaws of Thunder Junction. Outlaws of Thunder Junction would be standard. Oh. Uh, so that's... I think that's the second one. Is that the second one? Yes. Okay. Well, whatever one that one is, he mentioned was standard. Great. And so, yeah, yeah. they're trying to incentivize from LGS up people playing the standard format great so yeah very excited to see where it goes from here 
draft was also something very important that happened yes, at this pro tour. It was. And mostly we just wanted to look at like there was a little bit of like surprising statistics. Yes. Out of the day one undefeated drafters. So I'll say that the team spent a lot of time practicing draft. Yes. Um because it was so important. It was so important. One meeting I heard was more than six hours, <laughs> which sounds like wow you've sat in the same room with these people arguing over cards for six hours sounds exhausting and then also one team team worldly council who has put up good results at a few last pro tours flew in eduardo sajglik who wow. used to do coverage with us yeah to be their limited master essentially wow. and teach them about the format he did a yeah. whole powerpoint he showed it to me it was great wow and he's like one of the a couple of the slides were like secret gold cards one was griffin airy for instance oh, yeah. which is white but he's like that card is not white that card is green and black yeah and i was like oh yeah because the food tokens of course wow anyway it was Spicy. really cool everybody mm-hmm. um but what ended up happening is the results of the first draft anyway kind of went contrary to what a lot of people believed about the format yes so 12 players went 3-0 in the first draft again there were other technically undefeated players, but they were 201. And we don't count those. <laughs> it's 3 0 drafters, my friends. We'll okay. make our case Anyways. in court. We'll see you in court. We'll see you in court. Um, <laughs> undefeated purists? No, we're the purists. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so there was a mono white deck. Unreal. I know. It's. Uh, it technically had a light green splash for an like the adventure side of Woodland Acolyte. I knew it. And that was, but it, one copy of that. Wow. That was the green. Sick. Uh, same mono black. There was like one copy of the black fairy that has a blue adventure on sure. it. Sure. That was it. Oh, but that's mono so black. cool. Really cool. Yeah. Two copies of blue white. Unreal. And do you know what, Maria? I will say. Unreal. That like just yesterday, I drafted a blue white deck mm. in my, you know, new favorite traditional draft queue. Oh, yes. And I very nearly 3-0'd with it. Like my... Like my first two matches were Hmm. nothing like it was I was there was at no point at which I felt like I was going to lose the games that I was playing. What is what did you draft? What was going on? What was going on? I don't know what to tell you. I had a lot of the night of that makes doves. Oh, and you were actually making birds with oh that my, card? I made so many birds. Never made, seen a bird from I made that card. so many birds that I killed my opponent with them. Literally, literally oh, never like seen a bird. six doves in play. <laughs> there was a lot of doves. What? Uh, also okay. because I had multiples. I mean, it helped that I had like well, sure, two copies of them. I've literally never seen a dove. <laughs> <It's> um, never. <laughs> so it was just like, I don't know. It was the right confluence of like enchantments and then taps. I had the charade of numbing depths okay and there was like a game where i just drew i drew like five cards off of her Jeez. it was very very good okay um and then i ended up losing to like a super aggressive red white deck that went to three matches okay and they were just like that deck was v- really excellent um, yeah i feel like you know hey so. if if you're in these i think what happened here is nobody wanted those colors yeah They're the two worst colors it's the worst performing color bear. and that's how i felt like I was I would like go to sideboarding for my blue white deck and look at it and I'd be like I could literally swap in five cards that are also good right like wow my, my when I was drafting those colors they were so open that I ended up with multiple playable cards in that color in those colors yeah, yeah. in my sideboard uh, yeah and you know if you're sitting on the, down at these tables and you're yeah. not scared 
to try and take these colors. I've got to say, it takes a bit of bravery at the yeah. world championship. Yeah. You can end up with you a, two a people couple of three there. O's. Yeah. Um, there were, then there was a red, white, um, a green, white, a blue, black, a blue, red. A the blue, red one was sick. Yeah. That I one was not very it. good. Um, a black, red, which was Elikasis. Um, a red, green. Like you'll notice these are only one copies of each of these. Red, green. Yep. Uh, there is notably not a black, green. Interesting. Yeah. Then there was a green, white, splashing red and a blue, green, splashing white. Something else interesting at this tournament, as far as limited is concerned, is only one player went undefeated across both rounds of draft. Uh, excuse me, both days of draft. Mm-hmm. Ely Cassis. I know. Yeah. And he uh, he was not about the uh, drafting a open, but maybe suspect color <laughs> no, pair. No, he did the other strategy. He straight up forced black red. And you know what? He sure did 6-0. I know. I was so excited. I was like, Ely, what did you do? And he's like, ah, I forced black red. Also had great. a bitter blossom. Yes. I mean, I wonder he had a bitter blossom. On another day, he had an Ashiok. Okay. <laughs> so like, you know, I guess if you force it and open some really, <laughs> really, really, really good rares, you're going to no, be okay. No, he had bitter blossom and Ashiok on the on same the day. On the same day? Okay. Yes. In his well, second draft. Well, the other draft. day, he had two copies of Toten Tance. Okay, so. well. <laughs> You know, life's good. Wow. Must be nice. I will say day two, we also got to watch Reed Duke's draft. Like not, he wasn't the featured drafter, but we saw a bunch of his draft matches because he was in that pod. Yes. And yeah, yeah, I will. So like, it was a cool deck. People, there were some people who were like, this deck looks bad. And I looked at it and I was like, this deck looks sick. Those haters were wrong. Those haters were super wrong because it was like, it was an actual blue green, but like, again, the best version. And he ended up going three, 3-0 with that deck. Yes. And blue green, another archetype that we've said is a real poo-poo platter. Exactly. But again, if you are the only person maybe in the, that color pair, you just get some really good cards. So his deck had one plan, kind of. Yeah. Which was to play the one three mana dork. Yes. And then Woodland Fawn. Woodland Fawn. And then he had multiple Woodland Fawns. Yes. And then play And also up the Beanstalk. Up he had up the Beanstalk. Then play your giant six six. Yes. And that's just play multiple six sixes. We watched him play Fetch Quest, which is oh, the yeah. seven <laughs> mana sorcery side of the raccoon. The raccoon. And just like put a Hamlet glutton into play. Hamlet glutton, Ham, Ham, yeah, yeah. He had I don't know how many I think Hamlet, he had three, three Hamlet, Hamlet gluttons. gluttons. I think so which too. Which is absurd. Just Ham, yeah. Get hammed, just, bro. Just get ham. Is it Easter in here? Because Reed's eating that ham. <laughs> <laughs> I've said two disturbing things about you Reed really, on this you podcast. Really have. <laughs> you really have. <laughs> Well, that was the world championship, everybody. Yeah. It was a great, it was a great experience. A very worthy champion in Jean Emmanuel Pra, prophesied by Megan on this show. Yeah. Um, fun draft stuff, fun mm-hmm. standard stuff. The con overall was great. Thank you once again to everybody who said hi to us. Thank you. Um, I got a special gift of a shirt. That was wonderful. Thank you. Um, I just, yeah, um, maybe nice. I'll bring it in if I remember next time to give give you a proper shout out. But uh, uh, yeah, I've met some fans from Minneapolis who are wonderful. It was just Cute. overall, it was a great time. We got to hang out with our friends from Loading Ready Run. Yeah, so great. Went to a party in a penthouse. Yeah. Went to Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf was great. It, all You know, all things good. Um, had some good Vegas food too mm-hmm. along the way. And one of those things was a Snickers ice cream bar, which I don't oh, know if you can call that as a Vegas what? food. <laughs> that was maybe the best thing I ate the whole weekend. <laughs> 
You just can't beat it. It is unparalleled. You can't beat a Snickers like, ice cream a bar. A Snickers ice cream bar is unreal, honestly. I, it's so stupid that it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. If you had a fancy five, how many stars does a restaurant get? <laughs> Four, five, what's most? I don't know. You know, if you're like mm-hmm. a Michelin star, You're Michelin starred and you served a Snickers ice cream bar like on the plate, kind of dressed up or whatever, people would be like, oh my God, you've solved yes. dessert. <laughs> Also, don't even dress it up. Just unwrap just a unwrap sucker it and, and put it. throw it on a plate. And just be like, here you go. You could call it like animal, like candy bar, like recreation, but it's not. You just it's unwrap not. it you and put it on the plate. You just literally unwrap it. Well, no, we okay. sell dress You could make an ice cream cake made out of the Snickers. Snickers. Like a Snickers ice cream bar ice cream cake. A Snickers ice cream cake. This must exist. Are you doing it like in layers? And yes. each layer is a different part of the Snickers ice cream bar? I mean, making I've an ice cream cake sounds hard, but... Yeah, I guess so. I think you have to, like, soften the ice cream enough so that you can, like, spread it on things. Yeah, I don't well, know. there's definitely recipes for Snickers ice cream cakes. Ooh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can't can't beat it. Gotta join it, I guess. Well, anyways, the point is... <laughs> the point is... We spent all this time talking bar. about Snickers ice cream bars. <laughs> feels correct. <laughs> Everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Uh, thank you for coming along on this yeah. journey with us to recap Magicon Vegas and the World Championship. And talk about Snickers. And talk about bars. Snickers. Uh, thank you again to new patron Alex. Thank you, Alex. Alex Ice Cream Bars. Yes, absolutely. Snickers Ice Cream Bars, which is the smartest thing you can do. Uh, thank you to Card Kingdom. Check them out at cardkingdom.com slash GLHF or patreon.com slash if you want to, you know, become a patron. Yeah, that's... That's what it does. It's the best thing to do <laughs> on that website and also just the best thing to do. Best thing to do on that website. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that was announced at the yeah. at the con. Uh, upcoming so much stuff. stuff. So we're going to talk about that next week. Yes. Get into all of that cool because there was a lot. There was a lot. Um, We'll get into it next week. Um, Yeah. And the uh, upkeep will be back because we yes. got a lot of news to catch up we're on back. too. Because we're back now. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, I like the weather better here in Minneapolis. Yes. It's full on fall here. It is raining. <laughs> Which I like. Yeah. You know, it's just nice. Too. Me too. It's nice. <laughs>